Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals-centric specific show where, of course, we talk about the Arizona Cardinals here in the uh, Arizona, Phoenix metropolitan area. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. And typically with me is the one and only man who played professional baseball but also played in the National Football League on that super first Super Bowl-bound team for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm talking about none other than Ed Easy Smith. But man, he's on assignment right now. He uh, he actually attended. Uh, well, he'll be there for the for the next episode. He'll be he'll be uh, in present and accounted for. But he's on doing some business stuff right now, doing some business stuff. So I can't be mad at that. And he'll give a recounting of uh, of what he's up to. But we do this thing two times a week, so that's why I'm doing it solo because I'm just trying to make sure to stay in touch with what's going on here, stay on schedule, stay on task, stay ahead of the chains. Uh, so we do it Mondays and Thursdays. So Mondays we look back on the on the week that was or the game that was and then on thursdays we look ahead to the upcoming opponent and so that's how that goes so man today got a lot to talk about of course recapping the the game against the new york giants uh, here the the new york giants came and really took over the state farm stadium so want to talk about that of course the the epic meltdown how joshua dobbs uh he impressed me a little bit more than this week and maybe it was because of the play calling and we'll get to that uh the home advantage or disadvantage for the arizona cardinals competing uh had a couple of folks that had reached out to me and said this team could be good hopefully they'll win next time and so we'll get to that and i i I still don't think that's the case i think it's a different word to be able to use to describe what we've seen early on from this team and then uh who's to blame for this 31 uh, 31 28 loss so let's get to it so i was actually in attendance at the game uh, my wife, uh, my wife, our, our youngest, who's 17, and I, we went to the game. We were sitting way up in the 400 section, but that's all right. I'm not mad at that. It's actually the way we, the way we were. If you're looking, the one end zone had Arizona, the other had Cardinals, right? So in terms of in the what's the the wording in the end zone, so we were at the Cardinal on the Cardinals edge of it. Actually, uh, if you look at if you're at that S diagonal up from there, it was a good, uh, really good. It's all almost like having the all 22. Uh, to be able to look at because you could see those plays as they would develop, and that was that was the uh, that was the positive after having to hike up all that uh, all those stairs and, and to get all all the way up at the top there. But thirty one twenty eight, it started out great. It started out great. One of the things that uh, at the end of at the end of the first half, it was twenty to nothing the Cardinals, and it seemed as if this was. 
you know, the, the giant fans, because there were a sea of giant fans that, that came and, and took over State Farm Stadium. My brother-in-law, one of those, a lot of people who live here in the Valley who are from the East Coast. And then I'm sure that there were some that decided to make it a point to let's go on out. Let's enjoy the warm weather and let's catch the, let's watch the Giants beat up on, on the Arizona Cardinals. And so I'm sure that that was part of it as well, or maybe flying in from all kinds of different points. But either way, there was a big contingent of Arizona, of uh, New York Giant fans that were in the building, but 20 to nothing at the end of the first half. And then, of course, the second half began and I was out there getting uh, with my son. We were getting uh, we were in the concession line. So trying to grab a quick bite and a refill of a refill of for, for soda. And so by when we were standing there, just as the second half starts up, what was it? If you look at the, the scoring recap, Daniel Jones, 14 yard run uh, to that made it 20 to seven. And it, and it happened so quickly. I was at uh, 1343 left in the third quarter. And so right away, there was somebody that was sitting behind us and said, when we got back up to our seats, watch the Cardinals lose this. And that was, I'm thinking, no, they got, they, they can hold on. They can hold on. But of course, as you go on the, the defense didn't really show anything in the second half. And I think that there's, and I'll get into that a little bit when, and well, I guess I can get into it now. One of the things that it seemed to me, and, and maybe Ed, when he looks at when if he, if he was able to watch the game where he's at, it, it, my son and I we were talking about this. It seemed like the Suns, um, Suns, I got basketball in the mind. It seems as if the Cardinals were playing a little bit of zone, and so they looked to be a little bit more aggressive in the first half. Again, I think it's it's human nature when you're up on an opponent to maybe to, to maybe relax a little bit, but I still don't think that 20, nothing was enough to relax. If it was 30, nothing, I could understand maybe taking your foot off the gas a little bit, but as the, as the giants began to kind of chip away, uh, Daniel Jones was running, was a lot more mobile, much more mobile in the second half than he was in the first half. But, so that soft part of the defense that that right in that underneath right right in that that soft part that where, where a zone would be they started to really take advantage of that and I don't think that the Cardinals it didn't seem like maybe Nick Rollis adjusted or made the adjustments to be able to look at uh, to trying to stem the tide because yes 20 to 7 is not something that you need to be worried about but then when it in because the Cardinals did come back down and they made it what uh they made it at one point it was 21 let me see at one one point it was 28 to 7 but still when the when the Cardinals uh gave up another touchdown and made it 28-14 towards the end of the the third quarter then it then it really became a game because now it's not a, just a matter of you trying to to continue to to add to your lead then you start to to play not to lose as opposed to playing to win in my opinion that's the way that I kind of saw it and you could hear in the building the 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 quiet New York Giants fans in the third quarter just all it took was that first touchdown they needed something to cheer for and especially starting off the third quarter in that way again there was 13 minutes and some change left in the third quarter when they made that when they got their first touchdown that that kind of gave them a little bit of a sense of of confidence the fan base a sense of hope. There is a better way to say it, a sense of hope. And if you look at this, the the way in which, if I look at the way in which Joshua Dobbs performed, because I was impressed with not only the fact that he was he was mobile. So if I look at 
the team stats here, if I look at no, look at his his the box score for him. So if we look at Joshua Dobbs, well, let's first let's take a look at Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, twenty six to thirty seven, three hundred twenty one yards, eight point seven yards uh, yard average. Um, man, and then just running as well, nine nine rushing attempts for fifty nine yards. And those things sometimes it wasn't the fact that he was breaking breaking it for twenty or thirty yard runs, but if you saw that in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, the be the early part of the fourth quarter, when the Cardinals seemed to have had him bottled up and then it was somebody diving at his feet and not being able to bring him down and him getting the high knees, getting up a little bit and being able to get a few yards to be to again, as I mentioned, kind of in uh uh, playfully a little earlier, but staying ahead of the chains. And by staying ahead of the chains gives you an opportunity to be able to dictate what you're going to do to the defense. And as that confidence began to build, and you can really see that with the with the New York Giants. So let's get back to, to Joshua Dobbs because it kind of goes into what I'm going to be saying about kind of the the – the play calling. We talked about this last week. Ed and I talked about this last week when it came, when they were playing the, the commanders, the commanders, it seemed as if that maybe Drew Petzing was a little bit conservative in his play calling. And perhaps that came from up top with, with from Jonathan Gannon being able to, to, to say, let's just try to really stay within ourselves and not do too much again with, with Joshua Dobbs being still a couple of weeks, just a week and a half or so being on the team. But this week, it seemed to be a little bit different. The numbers don't blow you away, but from what I could see in the way in which he was looking a little bit further downfield, it was a bit of a difference. So with Joshua Dobbs, he was 21 for 31, 228 yards, 7.4 average. He had a touchdown, uh, 99. Uh, his QBR was uh, was 75.8, but he had three rushes for uh, three carries for 41 yards. I thought the the carries, and I don't know if it comes into the the final stats when they went forward on two at the time. I was thinking I don't think that they should have gone for it uh, because they had missed though because they had gone for field goals, and I think that I saw what they were trying to do when they went for when they went for two, and then they rushed. Joshua Dobbs and he he got he got hit he got nicked up a little bit and you don't want that to happen to your quarterback I don't care if it's just a quarterback that's keeping the seat warm until Kyle until Kyler Murray comes back but you still want to make sure that he's able to perform at his best but having said that the way in which that first half went again you put 20 points up on the board then you're you're you feel comfortable and you feel that you're doing something right. You get uh, what James Conner got a got a touchdown. Of course, Joshua Dobbs he got his he got his touchdown uh, in the third quarter, I believe. But here's the thing: it was just, it just seemed to that maybe he was a little bit more confident, and maybe that's being in the in the offense for an additional week. Or maybe it was the play calling, being a little bit more aggressive. And I'm not, if, if aggressive is on, if there are two sides or if there's a, a scale of aggression, zero meaning I'm not aggressive, I'm, I'm very super conservative or one being super conservative and 10 being I am just pushing it down the field the entire time. I would say they were probably around a five or a six, right? So they weren't trying to push the ball down the field, but you could see it just felt a little bit different and being able that eye test, I, I felt as if they were calling a better game until, until there were two opportunities that the Cardinals had to try to put seven on the board. And that was, if we go to the scoring, bear with me just a second. So if we go to the two field goals, so the Cardinals, so the, it was right after the punt from the New York Giants, the Cardinals had went on a nine play drive for 54 yards, took up five minutes and two seconds on the clock, but they ended with three. Then they also had, after an interception, 
Wonderful interception. Again, you're, the, the crowd is really into it. And they went on a six-play drive, only got eight yards, uh, three took up three minutes and 11 seconds off the clock, and then they got another uh, another field goal. Those two opportunities, I think, were lost opportunities because I think that they were playing for the field goal based upon the field position, based upon where the, the punt and how far the drive ended up going. And so you get to a certain point and you start to, instead of calling plays, if it's that range of that range of aggression, that five to six aggression that you might have been calling them with, now you're starting to pull it back to about a two, and I could you could kind of you could kind of feel that. And I said that a couple other people that were sitting around me said that as well in the stadium. But it just felt different. It felt as if we're going to settle for these threes instead of instead of taking advantage of especially that that interception. And those are opportunities where I felt that that's really where it came back to bite. We know we had the missed field goal in the beginning of the game. I believe it was the, right at the top. Uh, we missed a, missed a field goal about a 55-yard missed attempt. Yes, that would have been great to have, but 55 yards is not always automatic. Yes, it's inside and it's a controlled environment. Still, I think those two those two field goal attempts, that's what ended up being the difference. And then when I talk about Joshua Dodd's performance, I'm also talking about in terms of where that play calling went, the second half, the second half, I, I, I felt that is that is it's almost the analogy of a boxer. You're, you're, you're in the ring and you get, and you're, you're winning, you're up on points, you're doing all the things that you need to do, you're jabbing, you're getting to the body, you're, you're controlling the pace, you're having the, the controlled aggression, you are the aggressor. And then all of a sudden you get hit on the side of the head and in the seventh or eighth round, and you've been winning all six rounds previous to that. And now you're, now you're stunned and, and you start to, maybe you start to cover up a little bit. And so you're not being as aggressive and you're starting to backpedal. And I think that's what started to happen especially when the score became 28-14 based upon the play calling. The play calling seemed to be a little bit more conservative. Um that you know Connor had James Connor finished with uh, 106 yards so that's great for him. You can they were physical. They were physical in that way, especially when he was getting around, getting off on the edges around uh, outside of the tackles. You could see that in some of the some of the lanes that were opening up and that was because of that aggression on that five on that 5 to 6 level type of aggression, but the play calls in the second half that and not and not adjusting on the defensive side of the ball, I think, are what led to this because confidence is a big thing. If we're going out there, if what was working is no longer working, but we continue to do it because that's what we're going to do, that is the definition of insanity because it's not working anymore. You want to adjust and making those adjustments as a coach because the the New York Giants made adjustments. Tiny little adjustments. You started to see again, you saw Daniel Jones become much more active, more active in terms of running. And then once those running lanes are the, and being able to, what is it? You saw, let me say Quan Barkley, what can you say? I mean, he might, he might be, I think his, what his ankle was injured at some point in the game, but just his presence and being able to continue to tote the rock. Yes. You want to be able to keep the, the illusion or the, the, to, to keep the defense on their toes about whether or not you're going to run the ball or not. But they began to just pass the ball and they would just, they took advantage of the secondary over the top. 
because adjustments were not made. Now, that's my point of view. It could be that players were in the wrong place and not doing what they need to do. Oftentimes, we blame the players. In this case, especially for the first couple of weeks, to me, it seems that maybe it's just, maybe it's some things, the growing pains of being a coach in a position that, it's not just important to have the game plan that you that you've created during the week, but to adjust it and to be able to stay with it. Now, when you're in the fourth quarter and you're up 30, sure, then maybe we can adjust a little bit, maybe take some more time off the clock, do some things along those lines. But I, but I think that the, in my opinion, that the the coaching staff did a disservice, and even Jonathan Gannon said as much in the in the post game comments where he said this loss, he said he was out coached, and I think. He's right. He's right. And that doesn't have to define who he is when it comes to who he is as a head coach. This is a second game in this in in this role, but you got to figure it out pretty quick before you lose that locker room. You don't want to lose the locker room. You don't want to lose the the faith of of the of the general manager either even though you're of course you're signed to this contract but these are things that you need to shore up because it's not good enough it's good enough this week and maybe it'll be good enough one or two other times where you can hold your hand up and say i was out coached but it begins to fall on deaf ears if you continue to say you got out coached what are we doing to adjust to fix that issue the same way that you would say to a player if you're getting beat on this or if you're not going deep enough in your route whatever that is that you're trying to coach that player up and they continue to make those mistakes but they continue to hold themselves accountable and say yes coach i made the mistake eventually you'll say yes you you you're accountable but you can't be accountable on this team anymore you got to be somewhere else so these are things to 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 make sure that you're tightening those screws when it comes to that when it came to to penalties much better job on penalties this this uh this game but this is a lost opportunity believe in the Arizona Cardinals so i mentioned that it was a c of of the whatever the colors are the what is it the giants blue whatever you want to call it so the the opposition there were so many of the opposition for those new york giants fans that were in the building it's really unfortunate because for there were years there were there were a few years there where there was actually a home field advantage for the arizona cardinals on those off times where we would go to the games and just see the sea of red and yes you would see uh, the other team's colors in the building as well, but not to the extent that I've seen just yet. I know it was a preseason game, but we went to the preseason game and they were playing the Denver Broncos, the amount of Denver Bronco fans that were in the building. And then also with the New York giants. And next week you have the uh, Dallas Cowboys that are coming in and that's, that's going to, that's going to be a wrap. I don't expect <laughs> people trying to sell their tickets to be able to, to, to maybe pay three or four months of their, their home mortgage. So that I, I can't knock them for that. But having said that, there is no home field advantage for the Arizona Cardinals right now. I mentioned that at the second half of the game, the giant fans, they, they were awoken from their slumber and they were loud as can be. Matter of fact, in the second half, in the fourth quarter, there were two false start penalties, back-to-back false start penalties on the Arizona Cardinals. And why was that? Because of noise. And you should never have to try to go into a, a week of practice thinking, let's practice, let's practice our silent count while we're playing at home. And that might be the case for the, for the Cowboys game as well. And that is the saddest state of affairs. And that just tells you how far that they've fallen in the, and the amount of apathy. You've heard me say this before. I've said it to Ed before. Apathy is you want somebody to love you. 
you want somebody to hate you as a fan or even as an artist, as an, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm an MC, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I'm a musician. I want somebody to love me or hate me, but if they're just indifferent about me, then that is, that's what I don't want. Cause they could care less. They, they couldn't, they, they couldn't care less. That's what you don't want. And if your fan base is becoming apathetic, then they're those people who were once season ticket holders will will give up their seats. Or if they stay season ticket holders, then they'll maybe try to again cash in based upon who's going to be coming on the home slate on the the home docket to be able to sell those tickets and make a make a few dollars, make their money back on their tickets, and then make a profit. And that's what you don't want. So how do you solve that? You solve that by hopefully what we're doing now is starting to build the foundation for the next great Cardinals team, the next team that this fan base can get behind. So those, those, you have the rabid fans that are going to be there. They're going to be moaning and complaining the whole time that they're in the building talking about what, what's, what once was or what should be or all those things. So you'll have those, some of those folks that'll still pay their money, but, but still be there. You, you want to continue to, you, you want to be able to address everybody, but then you have those ones that are kind of in that middle, in that middle. They, they're just waiting to see because they want to support a winner. People want to support winners. There are some that are because of maybe where they've grown up. And a lot of people are transplants here in Arizona, as we know. So there aren't a whole lot of homegrown Arizona Cardinals fans. There are much more. My, my two sons are Arizona Cardinals fans. They're homegrown, but as that over time that you'll have that happen so that you'll love them in the good times and the bad times. But if you are coming from Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, New York, all parts in, in, in all other areas coming here to Arizona for a better lifestyle, then you still have an allegiance to the team that you, that you rooted for before or where you wherever you came from. So you want to see the Cardinals win, but it's not, it's not live or die with you. It's, so you want, to make this, to turn this thing around as quickly as possible so that those people are the ones that are putting their money down for those season tickets because it's the cool and it's the end thing, it's the hot ticket. And that's not happening yet. Hopefully it does stay the course and maybe in, by next year if we're, if we're electric, not just electric, now you can't be electric on the road and then come home and lay and lay an egg as has happened in the past over the last few years and, and under the Cliff Kingsbury uh, era. There was a lot of, I mean, gosh, just the number of home losses. I can't remember how long that the home loss, goodness, because they have, it's been a while since they, since they've won at home and the number of home wins is very few and far in between. So it's important. It's important. If you don't win, if, if you don't do nothing else, you better come home and not only put excitement on the board, excitement in the building, excitement on the field, but also to win some of these games because that will give people the that will give people the confidence to, to plug down their money and come to a game because the last thing you want to do is spend all that time in traffic just to go to a game in which your heart's going to get broken. It's better to lose 31-28 than to get blown out 40 to nothing. Yet and still, that is what you need to energize the fan base and to try to Turn the tide in your favor so that you can start to have another that home advantage again. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. The word for me is not good because there uh, I've seen. I, I was listening to the to the callers into the post game show that said that this this team can be good this year. This team can be good, and they've this is because of what they've shown us the first couple of weeks. The team 
most people, whether you are, whether you, you are the most, uh, the, the most optimistic person, or even if you are the most pessimistic, well, if you're pessimistic, you already thought this, but that the Cardinals were not going to win a lot of games. What we have seen is that they have missed on two opportunities to win games. That Washington game, that week one game, that was winnable, definitely winnable. Again, conservative call playing. I think that that was the, the reason for that. And week two, of course, if you're up 20 to nothing, you should win that game. And at one point in time, being up 28-7, you should win that game. But here's the thing, competing, competing, because most people thought that the Arizona Cardinals were only going to win two, three, maybe four games tops. And it's still looking like that. And if you look at the schedule, it's it's you can take a look at it. This The next few weeks are going to be very challenging, starting with the Dallas Cowboys coming into play, the, the Arizona Cardinals. But they've been competitive, much more competitive than I thought anyway. And I believe than Ed thought as well. But they've been much more competitive. And because of that, that gives you hope. So at least you know that if you tune into a game, maybe not if you go and pay your money and go to the stadium, but if you at least tune into the game, that is going to be competitive. What we're hoping for is that the coaches, the learning curve becomes much shorter for the coaching staff, and that they learn how to close out these games in which they are up because that is important to building confidence moving forward, not not for this season, but for next season, because the more that you understand how to execute in these high-pressure situations, that is what will bode well for you. So I'm not worried about them being good this season. What I'm worried about them is competing. I want to see them compete, and I am seeing them compete. We see some flaws, whether you're getting beat deep or whether you are calling a game, not making adjustments, or you're calling a conservative game at some point, because your your philosophy maybe needs to be adjusted. Just because the way you are now doesn't mean that's the way you have to be two or three or four weeks from now. And that's where the opportunity will come about. That's where the opportunity will come about. So it's all about competing for me, not necessarily whether or not they're good. And they, they have been competing, and I've been very, very impressed with what I've seen, some of the physicality. But let's continue. Let's be consistently Let's be consistently more aggressive as opposed to being consistently consistently conservative when it comes to the play, when it comes to the game plan. Um, Before I head out of here, so who is to blame for this 31-28 loss? A little bit of everybody, right? Because there were some missed tackles. There were, uh, again, I think there were some... Issues when it came to the adjustments, especially on defense, you give up, you give up 31 points and a half. I don't care what you say. If you're the offense and you've been part of putting up 28 points, that should be enough to get you to win. However, if you are also on the offense and you see your, your defense is not, is, is not beginning to hold up their end of the bargain this week, especially in the second half, because they acquitted themselves quite well in the in game one in the first half of game two but you got you you have to be you have to turn that switch and be aggressive so that you can continue to put points on the board because you see that that is what's going to be necessary for you to get out of this building with a win 
so there's there's enough blame to go around, but I put a little bit more on especially the the head coach. So with Jonathan Gannon, we'll I'll give him this loss, and uh, of course players you know players play the game, so there's always some uh, accountability and some blame to go there. But I put this a little bit more more on the head coach here, just because I think that there are things that he could have done, especially coming from a defensive background. That is that is his pedigree. So with that pedigree coming in you should be able to make those adjustments to be able to to stem the tide to 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 be able to come out of that even with the you know just with the skin by the skin of your teeth to be able to come out of this with a win so this has been believe in the Arizona Cardinals again my name is Javon Adams and I am standing in for my my brother Ed Smith who will be back on Thursday when we do this on Thursday we do this twice a week Mondays and Thursdays Mondays is where we look back on the game that just took place again we're talking about the the shameful the shameful loss 31-28 to the the New York Giants here at State Farm Stadium here in the Phoenix metropolitan area and uh, so tell a friend and tell a friend Thursdays we look ahead to the upcoming opponents so on Thursday we'll be talking ahead we'll be talking about the matchup about the with the Dallas Cowboys as they are going to come and I would imagine take over here at State Farm Stadium with their fans that will be in the building in mass and so, uh, as always, we are presented by Bet Online, and as I always like to say around this time, you can. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.